Once again, you're listening to What's Up Aboard the Podcast. My name is Wardy Borg, and I'm going to be your tour guide in this very important episode of What's Up Aboard the Podcast. But before I go on, I want to give a shout out to my co-host who's in the building today. What's happening, Tiki? What's up, Wardy Borg? Hey, you know how we do. Our motto on the show <laughs> is everybody has a story to tell, but we just want to know yours. And we have a guest today who certainly fits this criteria. But before we tell you about him, I want to make sure we give a shout out to our sponsor. Would you mind telling us about our sponsor again, Tiki? Not at all. It's Imiru Plant-Based Skincare. It's 100% organic. And it the website is www.imiruskincare.com. Wonderful. All right. Back to our esteemed guest. This young man has traveled over probably most of the U.S. and maybe some places outside the world, too. He's a transportation specialist with a plethora of information. Can't wait to hear his story. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Ramaya Israel to the show. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, bro. I'm doing okay. How are you doing? All right. Go ahead and say that name, uh, your name. Make sure I said it right for our listening audience. That first name again? It's Ramaya. Ramaya Israel. I'm keeping okay. sis, sis, uh, comfortable today. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll go with Maya then. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, if you had to describe who Ramaya Israel is, what would you say? What's your 30 second elevator speech? Uh, first of all, God fearing, um, absolutely faithful to him. Um, a father, uh, you know, a human, make mistakes, learn from them, mm-hmm. um, a husband, and, uh, you know, tenacious when I when I have something I really want to accomplish. So. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, okay. So, Ramai, where did you grow up at? Where were you born I, at? I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. Ooh, um, East Coast. Mm-hmm. East Coast. I didn't get to really grow up there. I've, I've had a lot of visiting experiences, um, but I grew up mainly in Denver, Colorado. Okay. So mm-hmm. at what age did you leave from Baltimore to go to Denver? Uh, my parents took took us out of there around two o'clock. Uh, I said two o'clock, around two, o'clock. two years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting it mixed up with when the Colts decided to leave Baltimore. Right? Oh, you, you, <laughs> still, you still heard about the Colts lately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Colts, Colts snuck out of out of Baltimore in the middle of the night, man. And that's yeah, they were gone. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. So you said your parents uh, left you or left the area when you were young. So you definitely had both parents uh, throughout your uh, formative years. Absolutely, both parents. It was it was beautiful. Okay, that, that that's good. So how many brothers and sisters are we talking about? I have three brothers. No sisters. No sisters. No what sisters. number are you? I'm the middle. <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm yeah. the middle. I was I was that tug of war. I was that one in the middle. It felt like I was never really quite old enough, but then couldn't get spoiled either. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, middle child. Yeah. So growing up in Colorado, what was that like? Because I know you guys get a lot of snow up there. I mean, I thought we were about to get a snowstorm here now. We we're hoping, but what do, what do you think that's like? Uh, what was it like for you to grow up in Colorado? Because I don't know how many black people there. I've never been. Um, it's, you hear that so much. Um, <laughs> every, anywhere I've been, they, they when I tell them Denver, they, like, there's black people there? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we know we are kind of everywhere. Um, it was, 
now after leaving and being away, um, my appreciation for this place is, has really grown. Um, you don't really realize it when you're young, you know, because it's just what you're used to, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's always been a great experience. Um, nothing really too bad, just a normal experience for any child growing up in a, of course, two-parent home. Um, it wasn't until I got older, became an adult, and was able to leave and visit other places and then come back here in the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. was it's just it's mesmerizing and it's something you just can't get away from it's the the rockies in the background um now the city sits like right under that and uh it's always there as a landmark you know you always know where you're going when you leave you gotta really know what you're doing you know we uh lived in, i lived in indiana for off and on over um maybe a seven eight year period okay. and it was it was it was horrible trying to figure out where i was going Navigation was my best friend, yes. you know, but here you always knew where West was. So you always knew where you were mm-hmm. going. So it helps. <laughs> yeah. So what, what is it like out there? Is it like, uh, I guess, is it kind of like Indiana or just like, is it hills there? Or is it animals everywhere? What are you talking about? I know people um, get hired. Know that. Uh, yeah, you know that. That's, <laughs> that's probably number one now. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you, don't, you don't see animals like that. Like you probably would think, um, not unless you go up into the mountains, and even then, it's still you know few and far between um, that you see them. But um, it, it's 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 pretty nice. It's an open area. Um, when you come here, you see it's kind of newer. There's more money here. Um, you can tell by how things look when you get here. The streets are wider. Mm-hmm. You know, nicer homes, things like that. A lot of developments going on. Um, it's still growing. It's been growing for a long time, especially now since you know. The recreational marijuana's passed. Everybody's moving here, so um, it's been it's been growing a lot. Um, okay. But this, the main thing is just the beauty of it. Mm. You know, and it can be curious. You want to be, it's kind of fast paced and you can be slow. And you know, it's it's whatever you want Denver to be. It can be for you. It has a lot of things to do. I'm kind of curious because you're back to the animals. So if you were to happen upon one of these animals, what kind of animals are we talking about? Bears, mountain lions? Yes. All of the above? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yes, Good. yes. Oh. You got there's bears, there's no mountain lions out okay. here. Um, anything that you would find anywhere else in the country is all up there with that inclusion of the bears and the mountain lions. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, uh, what did your parents do for a living uh, while you were growing up? And what did they um, do now? My mother's still in the same, well, actually she started out, um, I'm not sure what her job title was at the time, um, but she worked for a hospital um, for maybe, maybe I'll say maybe six, seven years. Okay. Um, after that, she went into being a housewife. My father he worked at a place called Republic Paperboard. Um, he was there for almost 20 years. Okay. Um, that's where they, it's like a recyclable place where they, they make cardboard, they bring recyclable, recycle, recyclables okay. and bring them in there, break them down and make up, um, turn them into cardboard um, or the paper that lines the uh, drywall. Okay. They made things mm-hmm. like that out of recyclables. Um, he did that for about 20 years, and then he ended up, uh, the job ended up closing down, and 
moving to another city. So he ended up driving for the local transit company, RGD out here. And he did that for about, I think, 15 years uh, before he passed away. Okay. So and my mother, she's now, she ended up going into um, property management. And okay. she's been doing that for about 38 years, you know, moving around as she, depending on what she feels like doing, um, starting out, of course, as a leasing agent, went all the way up to assistant district manager. Um, she didn't want to go no higher than that because the responsibility was crazy. So and she could make more money on property. So she went back that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so your dad was a, a transportation specialist or a truck driver? No, he drove the, the bus, the local bus. Oh, so he had a class B. He had a class B. All right. And we're going to talk about that in a minute here. I just want to get some more background on on, on growing up before I jump ahead. What type of student were you like there in Colorado? Oh, man, you let my brothers describe that. They said I was the biggest nerd. Mm. They they, they talk about me even to this day. Because I used to walk around, you know, dress nice. And I had the collar buttoned all the way up, you know, Mm -hmm. and and then they said they said I would kill him because I wrapped that sweater around my waist or something like that. Or <laughs> <laughs> they said I was I was the I was the the Carlton. <laughs> okay, okay. But you knew you looked good though, didn't you? You knew I you looked good. Like That's it. all you needed to know. I so felt like <laughs> it. Um, and of course, as I grew up in the influences, and of course, my brothers being around me, especially my older brother, I started to change, especially the more I got involved in, in hip-hop and things like that so my dressing style started to change but as a student um there's definitely mainly a's and b's um i was a part of the group or the the group of students when school started to start the challenge program okay. um, which is now known as um in most places gifted and talented mm-hmm. um i was the one of the first uh, groups of students to actually do that and that mm-hmm. was in fourth grade um, and that stayed all the way through middle school and high school, George Washington out here, um, which the high school that Chauncey Billups went to, I was trying to get there because uh, they had a magnet program where I could continue that part of my education. I always loved being challenged. If I wasn't challenged, I got bored. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, which I have no clue even to this day, my father would not let me go. He had me go to the local high school here, uh, which is Montbello, and um, in the area where we were. And um, I got bored. I got bored really easy. Um, I grew up playing the saxophone, and uh, I was in advanced band in middle school. I had a, a private instructor who played for the Colorado Symphony and New York Symphony. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went into high school, they didn't have that. You know, they had a band, but it wasn't that advanced. So it felt like I started over. Um, I ended up having to write music for the saxophone part because my instructor didn't know how to find those those pieces. So I had to write it myself. Um, I did that a few times. After a while, I got tired and just left the band because um, I wasn't being challenged because I wasn't mm-hmm. moving forward, you know, and it, it was it ended up getting that way with education as well. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Wow, so that, that, that's that's interesting. Did you go into college after that too, or, or what happened? I did for a brief stint. Um, I went to um, uh, they ended up changing the name now. Um, it used to be Colorado Aerotech. Um, I can't remember what they ended up going to after that. 
but I went there for uh, computer networking. Oh, wow. And um, it was a fast-paced bachelor's program and ended up not being able to go through it because, of course, like the struggles most um, Black families have, parents don't have the money nor the, um, the credit to be able to help your child go through college. And so I ended up having to drop out. Oh, okay. Yeah. How far did you, you go? Like uh, one semester? Um, I did the equivalent of um, of two years, roughly. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You ever want to go Were back? Were you very disappointed? Yeah. Not really. Mm-hmm. Not really, because um, although it, it did help me in the future, um, that wasn't my passion. My, my passion always, since maybe seven years old, was to be a commercial pilot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you want to do. So where did that come from, a desire to be a pilot? Because I don't hear that every day. Yeah, it was, I always had a fascination with planes, um, but it wasn't really huge until my mother and I went back to, um, I was was actually in martial arts at the time, and I had a national karate tournament in Virginia. And we were flying back, and it just happened to be on my birthday. And so I got invited up to the cockpit and um, I got to sit down right seat mm. and got to hold the controls and uh, help the pilot, which I thought helped him fly the plane, not realizing autopilot was doing all that. So he wasn't worried, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it worked really well. And, you know, um, when I left the cockpit, he gave me, of course, my pair of wings and um, a little toy airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was able to walk back with. And after that, I, it was on. I was studying planes and going to air shows, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So so you was going to jump into that. I, I can appreciate that too, because I had an uh, uncle that showed me some experiences like that too. He was a thief. So he took me out one day and we stole something. <laughs> he showed me that life. And I was like, oh, I can do this. So I see how people see? can influence you. Like, <laughs> that way this way yeah, so you know but 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 this show is about you let's just talk about you so, so i'm about ready to interview you at this point <laughs> I want no ramaya let's just do you right yeah it's just safer <laughs> no, we don't want to hear that safer we don't want to talk about that so, so okay so what are you what are you currently doing now are you, are you still trying to fly this plane or are we still uh uh I mean, you a lot of things, but what, what are you currently doing for work now? Um, well, of course, I'm not going, I'm not flying anything. Um, I, I did get close to that and had to make the decision between um, being a father and raising my son and supporting him and, of course, my, my wife um, or going to uh, Delta Aviation Academy down in Florida that I had gotten accepted to. So I ended up choosing to take care of the family, um, which was when I ended up getting my CDL. Okay. Okay. So you got your class A CDL? Class A CDL. And you, you so wait a minute. How did we get to the Florida? Because you, you if, keep, keep me straight, Tiki. He was living in Baltimore. He helped the Colts move to Indianapolis. Then he went to Colorado. Colorado. And then, yeah. How did, what, 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 what did this Florida <laughs> come in? And what, how, how did we get back? Oh, you were just thinking about going to Florida? Yeah, it was an opportunity. I, I, at this time, I had um, I made a, just a bold move on my own. Um, I wanted to see something different. 
And I kind of wanted to put my back in the corner to see what I could do with, because I always had my father in my corner. So I wanted to see what I could do without him. Mm. And so I ended up moving to Indiana. Oh, okay. um, and during that time, that's where I ended up meeting my wife, who happened to be an employee of mine um, when Wait, I was a supervisor. Was your employee? She was my employee at uh, Hewlett Packard. <laughs> so you dated your subordinate. I did. I can admit that now. I don't have to worry about getting fired. We got <laughs> workplace romance. Those are common. I'm about to call Susan for HR and tell her about this right now. Look, it's all right. It's <laughs> okay. I would only okay. care if they said that they're going to still pay me unless. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, well, well, let me interrupt you there. How did you know she was the one? You know, um, she did something I wasn't used to. It was, mm. it was really unexpected. I, I kind of knew it from jump, but I, I needed more. Um, I thought my head was kind of messing with me and thinking that, you know, okay, Luston took over and like back up, hold up. Yeah. But uh, when, I, when I first met her, um, there's a friend of mine that we ran that shift together and she used to work for him when he was a lead. And um, we were going to Denny's one morning. We would do that, you know, maybe every Wednesday or so when we get off of work. And um, as we're walking out, he sees her, she, he gives, she gives him this hug to say hi, but she's staring at me over his shoulder. Mm. And of course I knew that stare was interest. Um, and I kind of try to keep it under wraps because I knew he liked her mm. as maybe, I didn't see her again for maybe another month. And she ended up coming in our shift. They had us start up uh, a third shift. They're trying to get it to be successful for the first time um, in the history, the plant's history. And um, we ended up doing that. And they ended up bringing her to our shift. And that was the next time I ended up seeing her. I was amazed. I thought I wouldn't see her again. And um, as we're checking people in, getting their names, putting them on the roster uh, for the shift and everything, they because um, they hired through temporary agencies and she came over to me and started to flirt you know I asked her what her name was or actually he was asking who people's names were to putting them in there and she just looked at me when she was done with him and just kind of came over and leaned in my face and said so what's your name hmm. so when she did that of course I knew it was that interest and that was her opportunity and um, after that she would make it a point to want to go to stay after certain times would everybody go on break to help me get things in order so that when they come back they could keep running so she would miss, miss her breaks sometimes for that to the point to where she asked me if she can go on break with me after she did it and I said sure you know you help me out and we're out there we're talking I was smoking cigarettes at the time she never smoked but she asked for one <laughs> Right. <laughs> and, and she she really wanted this because she was choking and everything trying to convince me that she smoked before wow. <laughs> so um that, that's that's kind of how it went and then one day she just looked at me and uh she said you know you're gonna be my husband today right it, i didn't know whether to be scared or <laughs> or intrigued you know um but she was right you know we ended up together and got pregnant with our first son together and it's been that way since 18 years now 18 years so again just to be clear 
she came after you. She came so, after me. Yes, sir. <laughs> I was trying to give him a way out. I tried to give him a way out. So <laughs> you cannot she stop came a woman me. on a mission. She was on a mission. I I, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't change that up if I wanted to. But she she came really hard and strong, and I it was different. You were that was different. You you had to give in. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. That was different. <laughs> so that's good. They, what they say wisdom is vindicated by his results. So you guys got 18 years in. So that obviously that was the right choice. I commend you. Yeah, um, 18 years and four kids. And you had wait, you're four brothers and you have four sons. Uh, we're three. Okay. There's oh, you three, got three wait, oh, three brothers, right? And, and you got three sons and one daughter. That's one right. Daughter. Okay, so that's you broke right. the cycle there. Okay, good, good. Okay. Yes, with the girl. Is she the youngest? The old. Where is the Where is the girl? She's the youngest. She's the second youngest. Second youngest. Okay. Yes. But you you would think that she was the oldest. Oh, it is like that with girls. She's running the house, isn't she? Oh yeah, she's definitely little mama. (laughs) (laughs) So did you Did you want a big family? That's a nice size family. You know, I never thought of that. I never thought of that. I knew I, I knew that I wanted kids um, to be a husband, but um, I never thought about how many kids really I wanted, and that's why we kind of just ended up at four. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, okay, so so we did that. Now tell me about the trucking industry. So we we got a good snapshot of your life. How did that start out and what, what made you think, man, because I, I don't see anything leading up to this trucking thing. How did we get into that? Well, um, like I said, uh, not not having to make that decision between family and, you know, as far as raising my son and um, going down to Delta Aviation Academy. Um, after I made that choice, it, things got kind of tough at first. Um, okay. I uh, started working just normal, regular jobs at first. and um, we ended up together because I was having such a hard time finding work in Indiana, moving back to Colorado. She came with me. And um, during that process, um, I started doing maintenance um, with my mother. She needed a maintenance guy really bad. And she knew that I I was pretty handy. So she asked me to come work for her. And I did that. Um, And over time, my wife got homesick. So we ended up moving back to Indiana. Oh I ended up in the same struggle um, when I got there. I had the hardest time finding work. And even to the point the Blockbuster Video wouldn't hire me, you know, because they said I was overqualified. Oh, my. So um, we ended up really in a tough spot. And I, I was trying to figure out what to do. And I'm looking at the employment guide and these classifieds and everything I'm seeing is transportation everything so i figured i'd go ahead and take the chance and i went to truck driving school got through that and everything changed how was that truck driving school for you i know you were you had a high uh, uh aptitude for learning things was was that a challenge for you with that that uh cdl test no no um i all my testing i i did on a first try except for the driving part and that, that was only because I didn't um, capture the intersection. And I was unaware that I had to do that. Um, they what does didn't that teach mean? you that. That what is when you, um, as the light is about to turn red, if you're in that left turn lane, you're supposed to move into the intersection. You're supposed to break that mm-hmm. plane. 
and move into the intersection. What it does is it gives you the right of way once the light turns red so that that turn lane can keep moving. So um, once the light turns red, even though the other side gets green, they have to wait for me to complete my turn in order for them to go because I have right away at that point. And I didn't do that. So I got failed. That that was a failure, autom- instant failure for me not doing that. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having to go back the next day to do it again. And that's when I used to test. You knew then. Huh? I knew then, yeah. <laughs> Did they forget to teach you that or it's just slipped your mind? Or um, I think, I don't think that we ever ended up in that situation. Okay. Um, which is kind of odd, you know, being in a truck that long, you know, it's, you would think that it would happen a lot because it sure did happen to me a lot afterwards, you know, driving trucks, mm-hmm. but um, it, it never really happened. So they, I guess they just never thought to bring it out because they're giving you so much information in such short mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, the school oh, yeah. I went to was only, um, I think it was six weeks. It was a six week school. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're giving you a lot of information and, and especially the majority of it is um, learning your things for your pre-trip. And that's a lot of stuff to remember, especially when you're not a mechanic. Mm-hmm. So now what is they, a pre-trip? What, what is pre-trip? Um, your pre-trip is just a, um, a normal thing that you do around your truck, checking under the hood, around the outside and under, just making sure that you don't see any damage or anything that could cause you to, um, for your truck to break down or cause anything to cause an accident. Um, you're trying to look for all those things that are preventative to get it taken care of. Um, and also to, make sure DOT don't mess with you, you know, because they get you off with just one light sometimes being out. So <laughs> okay. So people so, really got to do the pre-trip. And I thought you probably could skip past that. You really got to do that. You got to do that pre-trip. People do skip past it. Um I've 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 always been big on doing it. Um that was a big thing my father always taught us growing up was about safety. You know, one of his things he always said was, you know, you can always do things and know that you're right. He said, but you could also be dead right. So he, he always pushed safety, you know, very huge, you know, to think about yourself and your family and things like that and others um, before you make any reckless decisions. So that was, that's always been a big priority to me. Um, and it's been 15 years and I still make sure I do a full pre-trip. Wow. Now Tiki's a bus driver in Ohio and she told me her coworkers don't do pre-trips there. So I, I, guess, I guess you can. I guess you want to be good, right? Uh, I do. And I try to mind my business. If I see that they're maybe not, I just look the other way because I don't want anybody asking me any questions. I say, do you, if they're, (laughs) do you do what you want to do on your bus? I'll do what I want to do on mine. (laughs) Okay. So tell me how my, wait, wait, Maya. Wait, what's that? Say the right name. I like the right name. You like the right name? (laughs) Rob Amaya. Do you remember when you got that first check from driving the truck? Yeah, oh my God, I was so disappointed. Really? <laughs> I thought they made good money. Mm. What would you just um they do? Um, excuse me. They do uh make good money and I might cough periodically because my still kind of healing here. Um <clears throat> they it is good money, but when you when you first start out, it seems like the trucking companies because you're starting out your knowledge about your pay is really um up to par at that time so they kind of take advantage of it and they they put you out there earning the minimum um Hmm. of course they blow it up they they create these numbers and 
tell you how many miles you're going to be going and you're getting this much paid per mile and they add it up and it, it looks pretty it looks decent to start as a starting out kind of wage um and then you do it and you end up with a lot less and then you also realize you didn't factor in taxes and things like that so it was pretty disappointing um and it, it wasn't until i got into a truck on my own i started out teaming um, when I got in a truck on my own and was able to kind of manipulate things a little better, um, I started to see the pay go up a little bit. And it, it, that was over the road. It actually got better when I was able to go local. When I went local, that's when my checks were, they, they grew pretty good and they were pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. now, now, you said you started out teaming. They put you in a truck with a stranger and just sent you over the road? That could happen, um, but a lot of companies allow you to choose your your person that you're going to team with. If it's somebody that you happen to know that has a CEO, and they come onto that company as well. And there was a guy that I went through uh, driving school with at the time, and we both ended up going to the same company, so we ended up teaming together. How does that work when you're out there in the road? How do you navigate using the restroom and and sleeping and all that? How does how does that work? But well, the restroom part is just pretty random. Um, you know, <laughs> as guys, you know, you keep bottles and stuff in there, you know, just in case, because there's not always a bathroom. And of course, it's a little easier as guys than it is for women, because, you know, we can always pull over and, you know, go soak down a tire real quick. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a little easier to do that. Um, <laughs> and, but, you know, then you got the Ooh. other part that is not convenient at all, you know. So there's been a lot of times we're pulling in the, truck stops and the one person's driving and the other one's trying to park the truck while you're running, trying to get into the bathroom. So <laughs> that's yeah. happened quite a few times, <laughs> you know, sleeping, you just, you just take turns um, while one person is driving the other one sleep in the bunk. It's, is it comfortable in there for sleep? Cause I, I'm used to having a nice king size bed with TV, you know, yeah. what's it like sleeping in that thing? You can't beat that. You know, that, that being at home, being in your bed, there's nothing that can beat that. But um, it, you can make it pretty comfortable for while you're in there. And, but it just takes some getting used to, especially as a teen, because you're driving, that, that engine is moving and you hear it while you're trying to sleep. And then you got the rocking and the bumps and things like that. So it, it, it's, it takes some time to get used to it. Mm -hmm. I guess you got to be friends with your teammates. I mean, you got to like them because... I mean, say he like rock and roll music and you like R&B and oh, yeah. it's a long trip. Oh, that was bad. Mm -hmm. Oh, you that had that? Bad. I had that. Oh. It was, had, oh. I'm like, oh my goodness. So it was. <laughs> Been there, done that, huh? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So it, it got, it got to a point that I, I pretty much fired my own team driver. So <laughs> just left the man South Dakota and kept it moving. I like yeah, it. I don't remember where we were, but we ended up pulling over at a rest area and we got into this argument. I can't remember what it was for anymore. We got into this argument and um I just I had I had enough at that point. I said, you know what? I said, how about you just stay here? Call your wife to come get you. Dang. I said, because I don't even want to be driving with you no more. And wow. he said, Well, why don't you do it? And, you know, of course, I was younger at the time, and it was before I knew the most hard way I do now. So, of course, I told him, because I will whoop your butt. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so I think I should be in the truck, and you find a way. And so uh -huh. that's what he did. He called he called his wife, and she came and picked mm -hmm. him up. 
Wow. You take his ACDC cassette tapes and say, take these with you. Just throw yeah, them yeah. on. <laughs> I didn't have to do that. He, he went up there and gladly got his stuff out. So it was. Uh, <laughs> wow. But don't get me wrong, sis. I was definitely ready to do that. Yeah. <laughs> throw hands. You got to throw hands. That, that'd be, that, that's, that would be my fear of just being on the road all that time and not knowing how to get my sleep because I think you got to have that reset time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess you really don't have to if you're riding with another driver, right? Because, well, I guess you do, but you know. I mean, and your yeah. reset is in the bunk. So as long as you're back in that bunk, um, it counts as your 10-hour reset. But if you come out and you want to sit during your break with him in that right seat, it's considered on duty, not driving. So you're still actually at work. How do they know all that? Or is that just... They don't. It's just a matter... It's it's a matter of if they catch you. Mm -hmm. That's, more, that's pretty what it comes down to. You know, if okay. you... You can plan that out the way you want. And, and a lot of times when that happens, you know, a lot of drivers just sitting there, their team driver, they, they, you already know when you come up on a way station, you go to the bump, you know, okay. just in case. So that way, that right. way you don't get caught up, you know. Yeah. I have a I have a question. So this bunk, I'm trying to picture what the bunk looks like. And everything comes coming to my mind. It's like a jail cell where the little shelves wow. come out. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Is that that's, is that's that what it. it's like in the semi? Is it? Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's like serving it's, time. It's small. I, I think I think a um I think a jail cell is bigger. Than <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you got the shelf, the shelf beds or whatever. You just flip the bed down and a murky yeah, climb up on the bed. Yeah. Really? Oh, it's, it's kind of just like that. Um, I mean, I mean these these newer trucks now they um they have ladders and everything that you can get up there to kind of fold down with it. Um, and the the top bunk does fold down off the wall. Oh, it's, too, <laughs> but it's just a bunk bed in there? It's a bunk bed. Yeah, it's, oh, wow. it's a lot of them are up against the wall, and you have just the main bed there. And then if you have someone in there with you, you can always pull that top bunk down. It, it folds down off the wall, mm -hmm. and you can somebody can sleep up there. So it, it's a small mm -hmm. space. It's, it's it's a really small space, especially to live at. You know, I, I commend a lot of these drivers. I mean, of course, I've done it, but these drivers I hear that's done that for about, you know, 30, 40 years, and nonstop, I commend them because I, I couldn't do it. I need a break. <laughs> wow. so, so if we listen to Tiki, the judge can say either you're going to go to jail for 10 years or you're going to go over the road for five. You decide. because uh, It's going to be <laughs> over the road for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the smaller sale, please. Exactly. Okay. So so I take it you, you, you do enjoy the truck driving, right? It's a... It's, uh, you haven't had any experiences with the, the brakes going out. I see people doing that all the time. So I've gotten close, but I've never had that. I've never had that happen, unfortunately. But I've gotten close. I had my brakes smoking bad, and it, and it ironically was in the Rockies. Wow, I just couldn't. Yeah, that's a lot of weight. That's a lot. Okay, here here's a question I really want to know before we move on. Now, I don't understand this whole weight thing on trucks because they're saying the front wheel carries this much weight. The the back gotta have this much weight. Why can't you just load up the trailer and go? Um, I think it's more of just the the, the amount of weight per axle. They want to make sure that you don't. They're trying to prevent accidents. Um, for the most cases, um, it, you don't want to. It, it, more weight means you have a bigger chance of blowing your tires. Oh. Um, more damage being done on your axles, and it also helps to keep the. Uh, streets from being damaged and destroyed so quickly, um, which is going to happen anyways when you get those grooves and stuff 
you yeah. know, when you see on the highways, just the weight from them trucks going through there. And um, so they that's why they have those weight restrictions. Okay. How do you know how to do them as a, as a driver? How do you know how to balance all that stuff out? Or, or is that your responsibility? Yeah, it's um, it's actually the responsibility of the the, the loaders. Um, oh, to, okay. They're supposed to load it a certain way to proportion the weight. Um, oh. But it's your responsibility as a driver once you leave there you have to go to a scale um at like a truck stop or something like that and you have to weigh it and the scale is set up to weigh each each axle hmm. and to make sure that your weights are where they're supposed to be and if not then that's when you go and you do some adjusting yourself by you know moving your tandems which are your uh trailer tires or you can move your fifth wheel um and that switch to weight either from or to your steering gear and the tandems work the axe the um drives on your tractor versus the the tires on your on your trailer okay All so right, you can shift them around to get the get that proportion how you need to mm -hmm. yeah okay do you have another question for him Tiki, on those on the trucks on before we move on i was just thinking my my stepdad i'm wondering if this is uh really what was involved with him he worked at a there was a trucking company here in columbus called trimodal and his job was to check tires and everything i think they went i think the drivers drove on a scale i think he had to make sure that their weight limit was correct um and he just went through and just had all these things that he had to check off check off the list to make sure i think i'm sure safety things and um so i was just thinking when he was talking this is what he did it makes sense so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I know some companies do have that. Um, there's some places I've picked up at um, and delivered. And for their company, a lot of times they don't let outsiders use use it, but they'll have skills on site mm -hmm. so that they can make sure that their people are within weight. And actually, I did drive for um, mm -hmm. a company um, that did that too, where in their yard they had the skills set up so that you can be make sure mm -hmm. you're at weight and set up right before you go out on that road. So mm -hmm. yeah, they, that that might be it. Yeah, they had to remember our visiting and they had a long line, kind of the truckers waiting in a line and they had to wait their turn. And once they were done being checked, they could move on into the yard. But uh, yeah, it's just wondering. It's the same thing. And I know some of them, um, they, they do that to weigh the load versus the weight of you coming out. Mm -hmm. So I know they do that as well, too. There's some places I went that were like that. They'll weigh the load coming in and then weigh you coming out. No, I, I don't. I never quite understood that because your people are unloading me, so it's not like I'm leaving with anything on there. So, mm. <laughs> but some of them they do that. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Again, we're talking to Ryan Maya Israel today here on the What's Up War podcast, and we're going to go into the second section of the show called "Getting to Know You" or rapid fire questions. We just want to know your thoughts on traditional issues because obviously you're a very light man, and we're learning so much. So. We just want to know what you think about these things. First of all, I know that uh, you said uh, your name has meaning. Please tell us what the name means again. Uh, it means thunder of God. Thunder of God. Okay. So, and and do you want to tell us what religion you uh, belong to? Um, I don't belong to a religion. Um, it's, a lot of people look at it as as such. Um, it's just our people waking up to the truth of who we are and realizing that the Bible is about um, nationality and a culture. 
um, and that was regulated by the rules that the commandments that was given by the Most High. Um, so we consider ourselves, um, according to what scripture says, to be Israelites. Hmm, okay, so you're kind of like what Kyrie Irving is? That, yes, yes. I, I think he actually finally showed that part of him too, because I've seen pictures of him wearing fringes. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he now identifies that way. You know, and that's a, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is that the five percenters? Is that, I heard that name. Is that what it is or am I off on that? No, um, it's just a matter. You, you, hear, you would hear the term of um, mostly, especially the way the media projects it as Hebrew Israelites or they'll say black Hebrew Israelites. Yes. They'll, they'll do that, yes. Okay. So, so let's touch upon Kyrie just for a second then. Seems like he got in a lot of hot water uh, not too long ago because of uh, some supposed actions there. What is your thoughts on that? Was, did he do anything wrong? Was the media wrong? Or was the whole thing just a big misunderstanding? Um, well, it definitely wasn't a big misunderstanding. <laughs> yes, there was definitely intent, you know, um, in that whole situation. I, I know that um, Kyrie obviously had an intent, but it, it was to push on the information. You know, um, one of the issues that, we have as a people is we don't know our own history. Um, we don't know where we come from. And a lot of our history stops at slavery. You don't learn anything before that. You know, they tell you we're from Africa, but we don't know what tribes we're from in Africa. We don't know where we come from, where we belong, other than what we've been told. And he actually got answers to that. And um, that, that documentary he posted is also a book um, Hebrews to Negroes, uh, uh -huh. brother Ronald Dalton that um, that made that. It, it's it's really interesting. It's a, it's a long read and it's a, a long documentary. It can put you to sleep because mm -hmm. it's a lot of facts. It's a lot of history mixed in with um, scripture and things like that to help show our people where we come from. And um, so I, he, that's all he did was repost it, you know, and for it to go to the, the link that it did it was it was definitely uncalled for but it's not surprising mm -hmm. yeah i think um my understanding is what happened was Kyrie being influential and uh he had a top selling sneaker and that means people was buying his product so the powers that be would say well this man is moving product so people are obviously listening to him if he's saying this and that that could come uh, back and somehow affect us so we got to do something about this because, you know, it just, I mean, I, I don't know too much about the religion, but I know that someone right, someone right. Because if you just post a picture of a movie or a book that's being sold and shown on Amazon and you don't say nothing to Amazon, but you say something to the guy who posted it, I said, something's not right here. Kind of just made me think differently, but okay. Okay, so let me move on. A couple of athlete questions. Uh, are you into sports at all? I know you. I know that. I, I am. I am into sports. Um, a little bit of basketball, but primarily football. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I asked you my basketball question first. Uh, what do you think about uh, the deal America made to get Brittany Griner back? What do you think that was about? Was that a political move? Was that a because we just love her so much? Uh, we needed her 14.6 points a game to come back. What are your thoughts on, on Brittany Griner? 
you know, um, I really don't have any, you know, um, it's, it it does, the whole thing was crazy anyway. I I mean, um, the only thing I can actually look at is when you look at the, the, the facts, at least that we've been, been told, um, why'd you go over there with it in the first place? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's all I can see. I mean, if she did the same thing here, you know, in the United States, it would be the same consequence as far as you being locked up and it will be a federal offense for traveling with it. So, you know, you knew this. Mm -hmm. You definitely knew it because you did it. You live in the States and you know it's illegal here. So, um, and then if you didn't know about Russia, then that's on you too because you did your research, you know, before you decide to move something that you know that where you live is illegal. So, um, I don't know. I think she, she brought that situation on herself, you know, as far as the deal that was made. I don't really get too involved with politics, you know. Um, okay. Yeah, so, I don't but, either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't mess with politics either. I just, I'm aware of it. I don't really mess with it. Uh, for those who don't know what we're saying about Brittany, she she was apparently caught uh, in, Russia, in the Russia airport with uh, so much, was it hashish or? Yeah, it was like, it was like hash and um I think it was like the like the vape pens and stuff that they yeah, used, yeah. used the hash oil for, yeah. Very small amount, about 0.2.5 grams or something like that. But you gotta understand, she is a six foot nine black person walking through the airport. So you know she's gonna get flagged anyway. You know they're gonna check her then. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's like you're right. She 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 did bring that on herself. So I mean that that's what it is. Uh, so you had mentioned earlier about the polit- uh, religion. You said that people are waking up. So can uh, a white person be a, of that religion as well? Um, well, it's it's it depends on how you see it. It's not a lot of the misconception um, of this, which would say they would say Israelite movement, um, is they think it's about color, and it's not. It's about blood. It's about nationality. Um, my wife has a brother that if you looked at him, you would think he was a white guy, mm. but they share the same father. He has a white mother, but he, he has a black father. So it's not about color. It's just about nationality. It's about that lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, and the scripture says that Mosiah has not done away with the Israelites um, and that he sent them into captivity for not keeping his commandments. And then it describes that captivity and how they would go, which he said would be by ships. Um, was a, those are the, the identifying factors in there, the, the biggest ones that the Most High has us to identify ourselves. He says those curses would be a sign and a wonder. Um, so again, he signed, it identifies something and that's what that is. It's an, it identifies those people that live under that, that curse, those curses. And um, that's... Um, pretty much what we go by is if you fit those curses if you are of those people that fit those curses then you you more than likely are an israelite we none of us know for a fact because of slavery there was Mm -hmm. so much mixing and stuff like that you know from the uh, atrocities that happened to our people you know rape and things like that that was going on so to actually know 100 percent for a fact you don't you know which is why you know Christ said that if this it will separate, um, have those separation going on, uh, the weed from the tares, 
Mm -hmm. All right. Um, let me ask you this one. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Tiki, you had a question. You can jump in there. I do, actually. I, he said he I was interested in being a pilot. I know you had to kind of forego that dream. But if, if things were to happen, you know, kids grow up out of the house, is that something that you would look at maybe pursuing again? Or has that ship sailed? More appropriately, has that plane flown? <laughs> but <laughs> is it something that you would do, you know, look into doing again? Or is there some kind of age limit where you just think, um, they say, no, you're too old, you can't do that? Leisurely, I probably would. Um, yeah. As far as a career, it, that's, yeah, that's over. Like you said, that plane yeah. is flown. So <laughs> and it's, it's because there's a forced yeah. retirement age. I think it's, um, yeah. I think it's been moved to 65 now, I think it is. Um, okay. So it, it's, I'm 42 now. So by the time my kids get out and yeah, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But well, I'm okay with it. But you can do it for recreation. You, you right. still might get to enjoy some of that. So, oh yeah. Okay. And the kids pull away from everything. I, I have a simulator here, you know, with the, all the okay. controls and everything. And I haven't even been able to use that. You know, it's just being a parent mm -hmm. just so dang busy between that and working. So mm -hmm. I haven't used that thing in probably about 15 years. <laughs> oh, okay, but that's good. You got one. You had mentioned again that you have three sons and a daughter, right? Right. Uh, which one is your favorite child? <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask questions like that. <laughs> I'm trying to keep a straight face. He, he he's about to answer. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, of course, I love them all. Of course. But it's always your little girl, man. It's just, <laughs> I knew as a dad, <laughs> it is always your little That's, girl. Yeah. And and the thing is, is they know it. Those they, my sons know it. They accept it. They understand it. They know daddy loved them too. And just like I give her hugs and kisses, they get hugs and kisses too. I definitely okay. believe on hugging and kissing on my children. I'm not gonna let somebody else feel, you know, fill them with the things they feel that they were missing that they could have gotten from their father. You know, um, and it ends up using that to manipulate them and pull them the wrong way. I want them to be able to think for themselves. And I know that that first starts with how they get the love and stuff from me. Okay. Um, I got two more questions before I do it. Did you want to get another one, Tiki, or keep going? No, no, no I had my question answered. Okay. Let me ask you, <laughs> which, uh, which is a better movie to you, Love Jones or Cooley High? Man, Cooley High. Holy <laughs> high. Now, if my wife was sitting next to me, it'd be Love Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I asked that question because Tiki just saw Cooley High like last. I two. can't believe you put me on blast. He didn't even know what that movie was. And I was like, oh, no. You, uh oh. You can't. I'm going to get kicked out. Right. Kicked yeah. out of my race. She didn't know. But we're we going to leave it out there. That's that's not since you, you don't get your black card pulled off of that. You know, we might cut off a corner though. We might cut a corner. Okay. <laughs> I can handle a corner. I just don't want to be right. Yeah. Excommunicated. I mean, I never met a person who you know, <laughs> you know what I mean, you know how I mean, what did you like about that movie, man? What what, what something stood out to you about Cooley High did you like? <laughs> man, it was just I mean, to sum it up, it was just cool. You know, it was it was coolly high. It was cool. Right. You know, the, the whole flow, the camaraderie, the, you know, this brothers being brothers, you know, hanging out, doing things. We lived that life. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I tell everybody. You loved it. You know, it, it was, was so real. True. Yes. That was a real movie. Man. It was, you know what I'm saying? A lot of movies you get, you just kind of add this. Everything in that movie was you go any hood in America and everybody knows. Yep, we did that. We did this. So. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Oh, okay. Let me move on. Uh, who's a better player, MJ or LeBron? Really? Oh, come on. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> I know you, I know you probably get this wrong, but I'm gonna forget you. But go ahead, who you got? Oh, me get it wrong? Yeah, yeah. Who you oh, got? Come on, you can't. You come on. It's MJ. Wow. It's MJ. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a clip of a of, of a debate about that show, and then uh, you can you just call me back later and we'll, we'll see. I didn't even tell you nothing else about, it, but I guarantee <laughs> you he can change his mind. I'm gonna leave it. At you know, we uh, have this debate constantly in our brotherhood group. It's, it's a back and forth thing. And most of the time, I just sit back and throw my gif of Michael Jackson on Thriller eating popcorn. And I just sit back and enjoy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to send you some. I'm going to send you some because I used to think that, too. I grew up watching my because I, I was born in Chicago. I mean, I was watching Michael do his thing. I was over there when he won the championship. But I'm going to let you see something. Uh, final question here is, uh, well, let me give a bonus one, too. Is there anything you're afraid of? you worry about um yeah yeah i mean first starting off the fear of the most high above all um but the 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 biggest thing is to fail as a husband and a father Mm. that's that's the biggest thing that i'm afraid of yeah do you think you have have let your kids down in some way oh of course it's it's all a part of you know being a a parent um kids don't come with instructions so you know you gotta you gotta you gotta do everything you can to as you're teaching them and they gotta learn you're learning as you teach them Mm -hmm. you know and and Mm -hmm. you get better with each child yes yes you know i had to sit down my oldest and explain that to him and it wasn't because he asked but because i felt he needed to know you know, because I know he can reflect on his childhood and see things move differently than what he sees with his other siblings. Yeah. And I told him, I said, you you taught me and your mother. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so by us dealing with you and the things that we've had to go through raising you, we learned how to do better with them because of you, mm. you know? Yes, I can respect that. that that's, that's real talk right there. I really appreciate your honesty there. Uh, for me, I thought about it myself and I said, I, I think I failed my kids in probably one area in particular. I don't think I really sat down with my kids and told them about life in the sense of you can't have a meltdown in life. Like say you're growing up, you had that first heartbreak, you still right. got to go to work. You still got to go to school. A cop might pull you over and harass you, but you still got to go on. I never thought that they would have to deal with that. And I, I would have to you know, tell them Hey, this this is part of life, you know. And I never told them. And I thought, man, I should have told my kids because, because you know, you when you going through it, man, people, you know, people know, and it's just like you said, don't come with instructions on. And I always said, man, I just wish I would have just helped them to deal with that at a younger age, because you know, you thinking when you're a kid, you see the world differently. It's full of hope. Yeah. Everything's gonna be scary, and I can you skip it down the street. Nah, bro, nah, it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I, I explained that to them as well, you know, um, and and I haven't touched everything. It's just so much you want to teach your kids and you, you just can't. You're never going to cover everything. No. Something's going to get left out, you know, and, and like I told them, you know, one of the biggest things I think I could really get to them is one, to think for yourselves and two, 
everything must change. Right. Three, learn why you're at home mm. because the world don't care. No, not at all. See that daily. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna get some, I'm gonna, on my final thoughts. I'm gonna give a, some quick advice on that. Um, but we, we know what we're at the end of the show here, so we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. We want to thank Rahabaya Israel for that about the show to tell us his story. Rahabaya, now you know. You know. So, um, are you on social media at all, brother Israel? Are you on, on uh, social media at all, or no? You- no, I don't do anything on there. No, okay. I, I I I do a lot of watching. You know, and it's mainly okay. for educational purposes, but that's it. Yeah, I know you're on TikTok. I see you on TikTok. Yes, I'm on it, but it's for the same thing. It's, it's educational. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, yes. I was you'll, say- you'll see that if you go through and see the things that I like, most people keep that part private. Yeah. Because I haven't quite figured out how to post anything. I'm trying to go through some docs, <laughs> some training from my daughter. Yeah. But um, I just leave my likes open and I make sure that everything that I like is something that can educate my people, yes. you know, yes. things like that. Okay, wonderful. Are there any closing thoughts that you want to say or anything you want to clear up before we end the show? Anything we, we missed that you just want to touch on a little bit better? No, not really. Um, okay. I, this has just been an exciting moment. You know, I really enjoy doing this, you know, um, going through everything I've just been through and to come out into this. You yes. know, that, that was, that's, it's nice. It's just really good. I, and I really enjoy your podcast too. So. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you came on the show because like, I enjoy talking to different people and a variety of things and, and you're a breath of fresh air and I, you're honest. I like that. So I just want to thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, I'm going to read my final thoughts on this. Tiki, you had something you want to share before I jump in this? Mm-hmm. All right. Go ahead, sir. Final thoughts is this. In fact, it's been said that a man who doesn't know his purpose knows absolutely nothing. Two of the most important days of one's life is the day you're born and the day you die. What we do in between those days is ultra important for a myriad of reasons. If we don't have any purpose, we can spend our entire life trying to be another man. How many times have we seen those long lines at the store for people trying to get the latest pair of Air Jordans or the Apple store trying to get the latest and greatest phone? Of course, there's nothing wrong with one of these things, right? But let's make sure the more important things first. I'm not saying you're your brother's keeper, but it wouldn't be such a bad thing to check up on your brother and show us love once again. Eddie Murphy was recently quoted as giving three rules for being successful in life, and I really like that. Number one, he said, pay your taxes. Number two, mind your own business. And number three, keep Will Smith's wife name out your mouth. That being said, <laughs> that's right. He's Brother Israel. She's Tiki the Talker. This is What's Up the Word, the podcast. Everybody has a story to tell. Until next week, y'all take it light. Peace.